Unlike any other medical student organization, AMSA is governed entirely by student leaders, future physicians like you. Are you ready to make a difference? Join AMSA's team of national leaders. Visit amsa.org slash national leadership elections to apply now. All applications close February 17. This might be your final say in your career path. Next week, rank order lists of the main residency match are due. Welcome to the AMSA AdLib podcast, where you'll hear from med students and experts alike. I'm your host, Christine Camizio. Many fourth years are working hard to finalize their rank order lists as time is closing in, after weeks on the interview trail. It's a difficult process to narrow in on your top choices, and one that takes several factors into consideration over a long period of time. So this week, we caught up with our very own Dr. Kelly Tibbert, who is matching this year after spending a year working as the national president with the AMSA National Office. Hi, my name is Kelly Tibbert. I'm the national president of AMSA, the American Medical Student Association. I'm a recent graduate of Nova Southeastern University College of Osteopathic Medicine, where I obtained my doctorate of osteopathic medicine and also my master of public health. I'm currently taking a year off, in air quotes, <laughs> to act as the AMSA national president. But I am currently applying to family medicine residencies in the allopathic match through the ACGME. She spoke with me about some of the strategies she's using while compiling her rank list, as well as strategies she took while on the interview trail that would help her assess and make a decision down the road. So Kelly, what are the top three factors you will consider when you're compiling your rank list? So. Wow, top three factors. That's really hard to narrow it down to. There are so many factors when looking at residency programs because you've trained so hard to get to this point. I think that, you know, one of the first things that I'm looking for is just the environment, what it feels like. Will I be a supported resident? Will they care about my wellness as a trainee? Will they care about the fact that I'm interested in health policy and advocacy and this is a part of who I am as a physician? And um, so that's, I think, one of the factors. The second is their clinical training. Do they have, you know, the types of opportunities for me to get the clinical training that will allow me to be the family med physician that I want to be? You know, people in family medicine, or really in any specialty, are looking for specific training because they have an idea of how they want to practice and, and what they want their future as a doctor to look like. So for me, one of the, the big things I'm looking for is access to training as an abortion provider. Um, I think a third factor is is probably location, and I think that's on everybody's list, right? So uh, you start off making your potential interview list or maybe your potential application list just based off of places that maybe you wouldn't mind living. But then once you've visited the places and really got a chance to, to feel the cities or the towns or wherever it is that you interviewed, that might play into it as well. I have two follow-up questions to that. So first, when you refer to a program certain feel, is it is that something you kind of knew when you were there or how did you or how did you get the feel for the program? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think one of the things that really helps get the feel of the program is they do something generally the night before the interview called um, the resident dinner, where you go and you have dinner with all the current residents um, and also with the applicants who you'll be interviewing with the next day. 
Um, and so that's a good time to really see how the residents are interacting and how they're speaking about the program. And it's really a place for them to be very open with all the applicants about their program, about the lifestyle of the residents there. Um, and it's just a really relaxed, generally uh, relaxed environment. And then, you know, once you're in the hospital interviewing or you're in the community health center or wherever the interview takes place, seeing the interaction between the residents and the attendings or seeing what the house staff is like with the, uh, with the residents and kind of what the morale is like. You, you pick up on that and those interactions, and that's something that's really important. And then when you're referring to location, were you looking for something specific going in? Uh, were you looking all over the place, and did that change after? Like, was there a difference in what you were looking for location-wise when you went into applying and interviewing um, than when you than when you're going into compiling your rank list? For me, no, because I'm not tied down everywhere. Um, my my fiancé and I are very excited to move and get to explore wherever it is that we move to. Um, we're originally from South Florida and, um, you know, born and raised there. So it, it was kind of exciting to explore everywhere around the country. And so for me personally, that that's not really something that that came into play, you know, going into it, I was open to anywhere. And even right now, going into submitting the rank list, I'm open to many places. Were there any other major factors that are coming into play now that you possibly weren't expecting? Something I'm taking into consideration Mm -hmm. is the policy of the states, you know, like what the political climate looks like in these states, you know, especially as being somebody who identifies in the LGBTQ community, you know, will I be safe where I'm applying? Will I be supported where I'm applying? And as somebody who wants to be an abortion provider, what does that look like over the next three years for me having training and being able to do that type um, you know, of training in my program. Mm-hmm. So I think folks a lot more so now, and I know even some of our national leaders are looking at, like, what is the political climate of these states that they're going to? So beforehand, it sounds like you knew what you were going to apply for. Is that correct? Yes. So I knew, yeah, I definitely knew I wanted to apply to family medicine, um, only applied to family medicine programs, and I'm very excited to be a family medicine doctor, hopefully come July 1st. (laughs) Uh, When you were researching the programs and going on interviews, how many unknowns did you feel like you were walking in with? What were you looking for to learn or nail down coming out of that that would then help determine, uh, that would then help you determine when you were trying to rank programs? Yeah, so that's a great question, too, and I think that actually changed along the interview trail. So initially, um, at least applying to family medicine, there are, I think there are over 500 programs in the country just for family medicine, <laughs> which is a lot, right? Especially when you're you're open to anywhere in the country. Um, like, how do you narrow that down? What do you even do? <laughs> um, so you start with, you know, I definitely don't want to live in X place, you know, and so that was something going in, but then you start to look at all the program websites and sometimes websites don't offer you a lot or sometimes you would you know, find, find their social media, their Instagrams and see what they were doing or their Twitter or their Facebook and try to get a, a sense that way of like what the program was like. But things that I was specifically looking for that every program seemed to, to put out there and do a good job with is their curriculum. And at least in family medicine, a lot of the curriculum is very standardized because of the requirements um, from the ACGME. So a lot of them will have the same types of curriculum. It's just a matter of how they implement it and kind of what emphasis they put on the curriculum at certain points in training. So you might see more 
uh, I guess, community involvement in your first year as a family med resident in some programs compared to what you might see in a different program. And I think going through the process, kind of seeing the difference between all of the programs really helped me get a sense of what I was looking for. You know, and you get a you get a hospital tour on every on every interview. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the interview season, I think between the residents and the applicants alike, everybody's like, a hospital is a hospital. <laughs> you know, like if this has a bigger you know, um, birthing suite at this hospital, that's really not going to be what makes up my mind. It'll be, you know, the people and what that felt like when I was there. It'll be the curriculum. It'll be their mission and their values. You know, does this program stand behind what I believe in and how I want to be trained as a physician? So once you got done with the whole process, did you feel like you came out in the end with a clear top choice? No, (laughs) not at all. Um, You know, I went in expecting and kind of like in med school right like I went in expecting to be an OBGYN in med school and I came out of it and you know realizing that family medicine is really where my heart lies and what I want to do and what I'm so passionate about you go into residency interviews and you're like this is my top program I want to you know interview here this is where I'm going to go if I get the interview And then you just get so confused because you get to go to all these fantastic programs and interview and meet all these people. And you're like, oh, my gosh, maybe this is my top program. And I felt like my third year of med school all over again after every month of rotations. I was like, maybe I could be a general surgeon. Maybe I could be a pediatrician. I love everything, Um, you know, which is great for family medicine, but not so great when ranking residencies. (laughs) Is there anything that you're looking for now if you don't have a clear choice um, as you're weighing your options that you're looking for clarity through? So I think it's going to come down to, you know, like I have some programs that are definitely in the top of my list. I'm not sure of their their order just yet. Um, And, you know, revisiting revisiting those programs and the materials that they gave me, the notes that I took while on the trail, um, and looking back at their websites, is going to come down to probably, you know, minor details of, which really aren't so minor, you know, things like, will I have access to the type of training that I want? You know, will there be opportunities for me to either speak up or make suggestions about curriculum? Um, Will I have the opportunity to participate in advocacy and health policy? Will I be um, really supported by the place that I go because residency is, is not an easy time. So, uh, I think it'll come down to those things, which even then, you know, coming down to those things, there are just so many fantastic programs. I think it's, it might have to come down to a gut feeling who knows. So you mentioned along the way that you were taking notes that you're now referencing. What kind of things are you making note of along the way? Yeah, so so my process, and everybody's is a little bit different, is, you know, the night before the interview and then the morning of the interview, reviewing the website or any information that I had and whatever questions or things that I was still looking for that I couldn't glean from their website. Um, so then I would go in, and generally at the beginning of interview days, they kind of do an overview of the program. They tell you, you know, what's unique about their program, what they have to offer, why you should want to come there, and writing down all those special things that – you know, sometimes they put on the websites, but sometimes they don't They don't really come across as being why this is so significant. And they go into more detail when you're there and can talk to them. Writing down those types of things or, um, 
really just just even some statements that you hear faculty or residents say about the program or the community they serve or what it's been like to be a physician there. Um, those are the types of notes that I've been taking that I reference. As you were going through the decision process, is there anything you think you would have done differently? Oh, gosh. <laughs> you know what? No, I think I'm pretty happy with, um, with everything that I did. You know, whittling it down from... 500 to however many I chose to apply to (laughs) um you know that I mean that itself was was a lot and who knows if I did that in the right way or not but for me it worked and and I don't think I would have changed anything that I've done I think maybe um I don't know I think being done by December with interviews would have been nice you know after a holiday after a holiday break sometimes it's hard to get back into interviews um the interview trail is exhausting it's very tiring. Um, you know, you're talking to people for almost eight hours straight. You're getting to know folks, and you're interviewing them, and they're interviewing you. And uh, near that near the end of the trail, you just want to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and how about on the other side? Is there anything else now that you wish you could do um, that would maybe give you further insight as you're trying to narrow that down? Yeah, absolutely. So some of the places that I interviewed at offered what they call second looks. So that means they plan a day where applicants can come back and talk again to the current residents and the faculty. Maybe they plan like a little social or party and it's in a more relaxed environment, or they offer you the opportunity to come back and maybe shadow for a day and see what it's like to be a resident there. Um, I didn't have the time to do that this season, and I really wish I had. There are a few programs I would have loved to do second looks at that would really have helped me. But, um, you know, time and money really play into the process. And, you know, I don't think it's really going to change so much what my rank list looks like, but um, I think it would have helped a little bit more. Do you think once you get everything in order that you'll have somebody look over your rank list, either a friend, a mentor, or a physician? So the number one person who will look over my rank list is my fiance because she's <laughs> moving with me. <laughs> um, and it's important that we both agree on where we're moving to for at least the next three years. Um, you know, that's actually a great question. I hadn't thought about having anybody look it over. I kind of don't want to be influenced um, by any other people's input. I want it to be something that, you know, I make the decision for myself based off of you know, the things that I've heard and the things I've, I've spoken to folks about at those programs. And I don't, I don't want to have to second guess myself any more than I might going into this. I feel, like, I feel like a lot of folks, when they submit their rank list, they have a hard time not going back in and fiddling with it and changing it. And I don't want to add that extra factor into that process. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me and good luck, everybody. AMSA AdLib is brought to you by the American Medical Student Association. I'm your host, Christine Camizio. This episode was produced by Pete Thompson and myself. Joshua Caulfield is the show's executive producer, and Dr. Kelly Tibbert is AMSA's national president. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and thank you for listening. Photographers, pick your best shots. Writers and poets, top off your inkwells. Artists of all sorts, get ready for the new Physician Magazine's 23rd Annual Creative Arts Collection. You could be published in the magazine's 2017 summer issue. Ready to submit your poetry, short stories, and visual works of art? Visit amsa.org CAC by March 13th.